Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is October 19th, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is The Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Morgan's Crows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, The universe is full of magical things patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper. By Eden Philpotts. So, we are drinking Dark Society today. So, there are a few ways I really enjoy drinking Dark Society. Um, I like it. Well, well, here are the basic serving suggestions, right? There is one tablespoon if you kind of just want like a very classic kind of hot chocolate thing, right? You want the milkiness of of your milk and you want the hot chocolate. Almost very like swiss miss level chocolate just like low-key nothing too serious um how i like to drink it though is two tablespoons of the mix to one cup of oat milk or you know your preferred milk and that's going to make it just a really decadent experience you're really going to get those spices they're really going to hit um and that is for in my opinion what creates a more magical experience so this hot chocolate it comes in four ounce bags of powder instead of two ounces like I normally do for the tea. And that's just because tea weighs um, less than powder and I wanted to make sure you got like a decent amount. So where was I going with this? Oh, (laughs) my third way that I've really enjoyed drinking it is in the morning, I really just like iced drinks. I think this has just come with it being so hot. So I'll make myself iced coffee, iced lattes. And I started making the hot chocolate, but pouring it over ice. And it's really, really lovely and really enjoyable. So I really recommend that. Now, we're talking about ginger this week. And um, actually, let me just tell you what that text was about. I don't know if you heard the ding come through. Basically, there's like this giant pothole here in New Orleans and people have been like jacuzziing in it. It is so weird. Just like it, like with beers. Like it is, it is the road of New Orleans. Anyways, my friend drove by it and she's like, oh, it took me so long to get here. There were people just jacuzziing in the middle of the street and it took for everyone to like drive around them. And I was on TikTok and someone took a video of it and I sent it to my friend. I was like, is this what you saw? And she's like, yes, that was it. So anyways, if there's streets I would least recommend bathing in, it would be like the streets of New Orleans. Okay. Anyways, we're talking about ginger today, and we're talking about the magical properties of ginger. So how can you use ginger for your magic, maybe in your sachets, in your charms? There's definitely um, a few ways you can do it. One, ginger is considered a more solar uh, herb, so you kind of want to use it for those solar elements, which makes sense, right? It has heat. It has oomph. It has spice. That's going to lean 
solar. But you can really use it uh, for a few things. You can use it for healing, uh, low self-esteem, depression, lethargy, lack of focus, anxiety. Um, you can, uh, I've seen people use it for protection. So if you want to, which I love that for protection, throw a knob in your car or put a charm, hang it over your door, things like that. And I, what I love is that, um, I really, when I make charms personally, I really like to use herbs that have a smell. And that's because when you walk by the charm or if you're carrying the charm, you get whiffs of that smell. I've done garlic. Um, I've done ginger. And just when you get hit with those scents, it kind of reminds you of what your spell is doing and, in my opinion, reinforces them. All right, which is moving into some headlines. So Haunted Mansion came out during the summer, which feels like a really strange time to come out with a movie, and I think this was pre-writer's strike, I believe, so I think it's okay that we're talking about it. Um, it was just such an odd time to come out with a film, especially one set in New Orleans that is Halloween-themed. I'm really not sure of the point, but I guess some numbers are out on how it did, and I'm kind of curious. So apparently. It had a budget of $150 million, and it actually did $85 million around the world, which I guess is good. I'm going to be honest. I do plan to eventually watch it. I'm in no big hurry. I'm in no big hurry uh, because, again, it's just it's a, it, it, it's a weird movie to watch during the summer, I guess. But I do want to see you know, where I live that, you know, in the movie and I'm a big fan of the ride. I'm going to be honest. I've heard of no one who went and saw it. So I don't know. It's, I, I'm just, I don't know. It's interesting, but apparently it did. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. Did you see it? What did you think of it? Would you recommend it? Interesting. Yeah. I'm not, Again, just a strain. Like, why the like? It's the heat of summer. It's like it was. It was hot when this came out, and no one I knew was like, "Yeah, let's go see a movie that reminds us of when it'll one day not be hot." <laughs> you know. Anyways, um, I'm gonna throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, October 19th. The waxing crescent moon puts away its childish things as it moves out of Sagittarius and takes on some big responsibilities as it moves into Capricorn today. Here, the moon squares Neptune. We're feeling rather moved by the spirit of adventure today, but we don't have the first clue about where we want to go or how we want to get there. There's a kind of restlessness overhanging the day that will be quite hard to escape. Every time we start to get a little clearer about what we need, Neptune comes in and fogs up the path toward fulfilling that need. If we do manage to get even part way down the path, Neptune fogs up our minds so we forget what we're doing and why. Try not to think too far ahead today. It's useful to have a general idea of what you'd like to accomplish, but be flexible in how you get there. Your daily moon mantra is, you cannot get what you want by thinking about what you don't want.
This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Hey there, fellow seekers of the extraordinary, ready to embrace the mystical and indulge in the darkly enchanting? Sue at Morgan's Crows has conjured up something truly magical just for you. Morgan's Crows is your one-stop portal to all things mystical, dark, and utterly captivating. Adorn yourself with exquisite witchcraft-themed jewelry, handcrafted to channel your inner witch. Unveil the secrets of the universe through over 30 available tarot readings. What does destiny have in store for you? Find out. And of course, Morrigan's Crows offers an array of sparkling crystals, each one holding the power to amplify your energy and awaken the arcane within. Who should check the shop out? Witches, mystics, and those who find beauty in the shadows. But they aren't stopping there. If you're drawn to the unconventional, the mysterious, and the gothic, they welcome you with open arms. Join the coven of passionate, like-minded souls who appreciate the finer things in life, like authentic craftsmanship and a dash of the occult. Your journey into the extraordinary begins at Morgan's Crows. Visit Morgan's Crows on Etsy or morganscrows.com. That's M-O-R-R-I-G-A-N-S crows.com today to unlock the mysteries that await. All right, we are back. So we are talking about another urban legend today. And this one really struck my interest. And it's about the seven gates of hell. So when I was little, probably too little, too little, I saw a movie with Johnny Depp, I believe. And this was before he was like, I don't know, whatever. Um, It was back in the day. (laughs) <laughs> when it was a movie called the seventh gate i believe or the ninth gate and it was all about this like rare book collector i think i'm going off of like an eight-year-old's memory so this was 20 plus 20 something years ago and he's like a rare book collector and he somehow like discovers the gates of hell and i think he has like sex with a demon again i was way too young to be watching this i was allowed to watch anything i wanted which on one hand i'm really grateful for because i really love movies and um all of that the downside is is that like i was already a very awkward kid and I knew references my friends didn't understand. So I would make a reference that was just like an adult reference. And my friends would like go, that's not a thing. And like make fun of me only for them to like five years later, like get the reference. So like on one hand, I love it because it made me really love movies. On the other hand, it did not help with uh, my likability as a child. (laughs) But this is what kind of reminded me of this when I saw it. So I kind of wanted to touch on it. I don't think it's related, though. So this is from Wikipedia, The Seven Gates of Hell. So The Seven Gates of Hell is a modern urban legend regarding locations in York County, Pennsylvania. Two versions of the legend exist, one involving a burnt insane asylum and the other an eccentric doctor. Both agree that there are seven gates in a wooded area of Hellam Township, Pennsylvania, and that anyone who passes through all seven goes straight to hell. Oh, great. So, the location in question never housed an institution. The aforementioned doctor only constructed one gate to keep out trespassers. Despite the popularity of this as a tourist destination, the property is 
privately held, and visitors will be charged with trespassing as a result. So there are two popular versions of the myth, each one with numerous variations. One states that a mental institution used to be located on either Toad Road or Trout Road, depending on the source, in Hellam Township, Pennsylvania. It was erected in a remote location so as to isolate people deemed quote-unquote insane from the rest of the world. One day in the 1900s, a fire broke out, and due to its remoteness, firefighters could not reach the hospital in time to save it. Many patients died in their flames while others escaped and were soon beaten to death. Why? Why would they be beaten to death? By who? Who did it? Not the firefighters. They're busy fighting the fire. Holes. There's holes in this legend. <laughs> As if they're ever, like, super tight. The Gates' role in the story is disputed. Some say the Gates were put up by a local search party to help remaining, to help trap remaining inmates. Why are they treating these people like they're animals? Both of these stories are like, you had to catch them. They're just patients, like, you know. Others say that completely unrelated to the asylum story, an eccentric physician who lived on the property built several gates along a path deep into the forest. Both accounts agree on only one gate being visible during the day, but the other six can only be seen at night. According to the legend, no one has ever passed the fifth gate, and if they pass all seven, they go directly to hell. Now, in reality, there used to be a road in Hellam Township named Toad Road, which, like, totally helps uh, give credential to the story. However, it was wiped off the map after Hurricane Agnes in 1972. Toad Road ran along Corundus Creek and led to Corundus uh, Furnace. Today, there are multiple gates on the property, which is privately owned. Trespassers will be arrested. The gates associated with the legend can be found alongside Range Road and at the end of an old intersection between Trout Run, Range, and Toad Road. All can be seen day or night, contrary to what legend says. The dense wooded area known as Trout Run contains ruins of a flint mill, which is likely mistaken for the burnt-down asylum. The only detail to back truth up to the myth would be the fact that Dr. Harold Belknap, a practitioner at Westside Sanitarium, lived along Toad Road. He was not eccentric. He was actually known to be completely kind-hearted, and Belknap would often make threatening signs for trespassers, most likely the ones like interested in the legend, with Toad-related humor written on them. Oh, this guy seems fun which is how the road got its name. A related myth states that Helm was named after Hell. This is untrue as it was um, named after Helmshire, England. So the Seven Gates of Hell has received a fair amount of attention. Mike Argento wrote about it in York Daily Record, and Matt Lake featured a section on the gates in his book, Weird Pennsylvania. Hallam Township published a page debunking the myths, and local resident Cheryl Engler reported on a number of tourists searching for the gates, some harassing her and giving her cause to call the police. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, so I have this rich person fantasy. Um, some of you may have heard this. I don't believe rich people use their money correctly. And, you know, apart from, like, helping people and, like, helping the world, of course. But one of the things I want to do if I ever just, like, have disposable income is use that money to create lore. 
I I will not share my ideas because what if one day I get to actually do them? But my idea of creating lore is to create stories, but not just create stories, like actually have them occur. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, so I am going to give an example. This is the one I always give people. So it's already out there. One of the examples would be uh, there's this venue near where I live that is just really beautiful. And it's kind of where Anne Rice uh, wrote about um, the witches of the Mayfair witches. And this uh, this event, this venue is very often rented out for weddings, events, things like that. So my fantasy is to have a standing reservation for the venue every Halloween night and then hire a bunch of actors to for to do a ritual with, like, smoke and fog and lights. But, like, no one ever says anything about it. They just come, do the ritual, and leave. And then my goal is over the years, people start to go, oh, who is that? What is that? Who Who are these people? And, like, they never get answers. And, like, that's the lore. You know what I mean? I know it sounds silly, but like this is my fantasy and I have a bunch of other ideas. I just think like having more fun little mysteries in the world is a lot of fun. All right, witches. I hope you liked that one. So we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Rochelle Brady. Rochelle, you dream like smashing banshee. Elaine Alicia, Elaine, you beautiful badass fire dragon, and Elizabeth, you wicked esoteric leprechaun. Thank you three so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And that is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we referenced today can be found in the um, witchpod.com link tree episode description. And we will talk again tomorrow witches. We hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>